This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So give me a moment so I can talk to you about Stamps.com and the U.S. Postal Service and how well they work together. As you know, the U.S. Postal Service is an important tool for any business, and it reaches every household every day. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, and any class of mail using your own computer and printer. Stamps.com. We even help you decide the best class of mail based on your needs so there is no need to lease an expensive postage meter and there are no long-term commitments. I use Stamps.com because it's fast and it's easy and it saves me so much time and money. And right now, you too can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. Simply go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Rome. That's Stamps.com, enter Rome. Once again, Stamps.com, enter Rome. It is convenient, it is easy, it is reliable, and it is efficient. I wish I had done it even sooner. Stamps.com, enter Rome. He was calling me a, a word that I really didn't enjoy hearing during the scrimmage. Like, we are playing pickleball. And uh, I called him out on it, and he just said, well, what are you going to do about it? I said, well, what are you going to do about it? And then next thing you know, we were you know, trading blows. Like, what did he say? Oh, he called me a little bitch. Yeah. I was like, oh, hold on. No, 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 no. We ain't going to be too many more of those. What's up, everybody? This is the Jim Rome Podcast, and my guest for episode 33 is none other than the Mamba himself, Kobe Bryant. Now, while this man needs no introduction, you're going to get one anyway. 20 years in the NBA, five world championships, two Olympic gold medals, 18 All-Star games, 15 All-NBA teams, and a league MVP. Oh yeah, and an Oscar. Because if you thought the 60 points that he dropped in his final game as a Laker was not enough of a Hollywood ending, the Mamba chased it by getting literal with it and winning an actual Academy Award for his short film, Dear Basketball. And now he's on a mission to make sure that that is just the beginning of the next chapter of his life. I always knew that retirement was not going to slow him down. But if it's possible, it's only made him even hungrier because he has found another mountain to climb. He's found his next dragon to slay. And you're going to hear from the Mamba himself about everything he's doing when most guys with a career like this would be ten toes in the sand enjoying the good life on an island someplace. So pot up. Episode 33 with Kobe Bryant gets started right after this word from my pals at Lumber Liquidators. I'll tell you what, I cannot believe this is already episode 33 of this podcast. What that tells me is 2018 is flying right by and we all want to continue to elevate our game to that next level and make this year the best year ever. 
Listen, if you're a contractor or a builder or a remodeler, listen up because elevating your game for the rest of this year just got a whole lot easier thanks to my pals at Lumber Liquidators and their new LL Pro Plus program. LL Pro Plus is Lumber Liquidators' new pro services team that you can call for all your professional flooring needs. LL Pro Plus will help you absolutely crush it this year with professional pricing and dedicated support to get you what you need when you need it most. This way, all your projects get done on time. LL Pro Plus gives you the ultimate value and quality. And with LL Pro Plus, no job is too large. No job is too small. So put the flooring experts on your team today. Visit your local Lumber Liquidator store or go to LumberLiquidators.com. That's LumberLiquidators.com. Let's continue to make 2018 the best year ever with Lumber Liquidators. Now what? How the hell am I supposed to roll the voicemail tape on an episode that's got Kobe Bryant in it? Nothing feels more wrong than going to the worst segment ever right before one of the best athletes to ever do it. The thing is, and this is actually a very sad reality, I know many of you come here just for the answering machine. And just so you know, it's pathetic. I mean, really, it is. But then again, what can I do? You are who you are, and I am who I am, which is a man of my word. I told you I would run this thing until you ran it right into the ground. But the truth is, it's actually getting better of late. And I'll tell you this, it better be the best ever to justify being the opening act for a Black Mamba conversation. So let's go ahead and find out. You have 12 new messages. First new message. Yes, Jim, it's Sister Jean. I just wanted to call and ask you if you could tell your friend Steve Elkington to come to confession. He needs to confess about how many times a day he uses the fuck word. <laughs> message deleted. Next message. Rome, great story, Andre Ingram. It's what you do best. Keep it up. Care dog. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Rome. Um, Twenty-year clone here. Just, uh, just listen to the Clint Larchuk uh, podcast, and uh, I'm damn glad I did. I'm probably one of millions who uh, struggles a little bit every day. Um, so thanks for having Clint Larchuk on. Thanks for um, helping me feel a little less alone. Um, and thanks for providing his contact information because I'm definitely going to reach out to him. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim and Hawk. It's Andy from Rockland. So, I was just listening to Twelvewood with a lady called Lauren. It was hysterical. That's all I want to say. And, um, I love you guys. Who's Twelve? I mean, Twelvewood is good, but... He was talking about you, Jim, on his uh, podcast thingy. All right. Talk to you guys later. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim. It's Anthony Kim. I understand that you want to meet me again. Um, I would love to go to Javier's on your bill. But if you could please just get it approved by Marty so everything's on the up and up between you two, I would love to hang out with you, Jim. Message deleted. Next message. What up, Rome? This is Chris in Loveland. Just calling to say that Dean Thanos is still a bitch. Late. Message deleted. Next message. What's up, Jim? It's Dr. Dave. I got a gastroenterologist for a wife. 
which would be perfect for the jungle because most of the collars are full of shit. They need a good colonoscopy. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Romy, it's PHX Nola Girl here. I just wanted to thank you for episode 32, all that talk about mental health and how it's just simply a chemical imbalance and it's not something that people can control. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And the more that people who are well-known in society say it, the more other people who are not well-known in society will believe it. Message saved. Next message. Oh, Romy, I might slow down and call in the show, but I always get straight fire. Since I was the most polarizing. Whoa. Wow. Anyway. Whoa, whoa. Message deleted. Next message. Rummy Rome. It's Killer K. Miller here now in Eugene, Oregon. Just got done watching the epic two overtime win by the Vegas Golden Knights. Side note, I got homegirl laying next to me, snoring like a train. She needs a happy Z spelled backwards bad. Message saved. Next message. Max, Salt Lake. Listen, Jimmy, worst thing my wife ever said during sex. Uh, honey, I'm home. Message deleted. You have no more messages. And here we go again. Let me just say that I'm really glad that in the middle of receiving calls from Sister Jean and Anthony Kim, that some of you are still calling about the right stuff. Like the podcast with Clint Malarchik, which obviously had a great impact on a number of you, or my conversation with Andre Ingram, whose story is absolutely tremendous. That's why this thing lives to see yet another week. And no, not because Dr. Dave somehow survived the dial tone to get off a call claiming that his wife is also a doctor. Yeah, I'm sure she is, bro. I just hope that she's a lot better with a stethoscope around her neck than you are with a phone in your hands. Chris in Loveland, thanks for keeping it short and sweet when you dropped the hammer on Dean Spanos. And my man, Killa Tim Miller, forget roses. Hit, quote, homegirl laying next to you snoring like a train with a zipa. She'll love you forever. Josh in Detroit, did you just flame out on the voicemails? It was good. Actually, Josh, that wasn't good. In fact, that was freaking terrible. And now we've got worlds colliding. Follow this if you can. Andy in Rockland called my voicemail about Lauren in Naples, who appeared on 12 Woods Woodscopes. I can say a lot of different things about that chain of events, but I'm going to keep it to this. The jungle is a weird, weird place. Weird is awesome, but it's a weird place sometimes. But I'll tell you what's not keeping your ride looking fresh, and there is no better place to do that than Gold Eagle. Clones, listen up. Here in Cali, this is a huge car culture look we love our cars we want to make sure that that whip is always looking fresh now like sports car care is a game of numbers and the best number for your car is 303 automotive premium protectants and cleaners designed to clean shine and protect 303 products are unbelievable 303 products are the best they undergo rigorous testing to ensure superior performance and outstanding protection and to bring out that show car finish from your dashboard to your tires 303 keeps your car looking new longer your car is a significant investment it's an expression of who you are you want it looking good no you want it looking great 303 we've got your number for more information visit my pals at 303radio.com that's 303radio.com make sure that sled looks awesome with 303radio.com it's already been two years since kobe bryant walked away from basketball 
two years since he dropped the mic on an amazing career with one last legendary night at Staples when he poured in 60 to go out a winner. Mamba out. The legendary drive that made Kobe one of the greatest ever hoop is also what's fueling his second career. A successful venture capital fund, producing movies like his Oscar award-winning Dear Basketball and launching new shows like his ESPN series Detail. In the middle of all that, Kobe found time to catch up and go deep to talk about his basketball career, his relationship with Shaq, what drove him back then, what's pushing him right now, and a whole hell of a lot more. An absolutely tremendous conversation with Kobe Bryant is coming your way right now. What up, Jim? What's going on, man? Kobe, it's been a minute or so. It is so good to have you on the podcast. What's up, Kobe? How are you? Man, just relaxing, bro. Good to be back. Good to have you back. You know, it's hard to imagine, but you played your last game two years ago. Basketball, obviously, was your passion. It was your obsession. It was your mission. And then it's gone, and then the mission changes. What are the last two years? I mean, really, the first two years of your entire life off the court, what have they been like? <laughs> you know what? It's um, it's crazy to like to sit here and to think that it's it's already been two years because it doesn't feel that way. You know what I mean? And, um, I've been, uh, I've been working really, really hard. So, you know, from retiring from the game to not skipping a beat and moving on to, uh, focusing on what we're building here at the studio has been unbelievable. I think I've just been really, really fortunate to find something that I'm, um, every bit as passionate for as I was in playing the game for 20 years. And, uh, we've just been off and running, man. So it's been great. So Kobe, what's it like to build the studio? What goes into building that studio? Well, it's just uh, really creative people. You know, you, you start at that core, that genesis of it all. And, um, you know, I started that the, uh, the studio with the project Dear Basketball. Uh, and then from that, we have others, right? So, you know, for the last about a year and a half, two years of playing, I've been uh, building these stories, building these characters, building this world in my head, outlining them uh, so that when the day comes when I step away from the game, uh, we can just go about creating them. And so now we're in that creation phase. But it all starts with creativity, right? You got to have the good idea, and then you got to have the uh, people on, on, uh, on the team to be able to execute those ideas. All right, so I want to go back to your basketball in a minute, but you've got a brand new show for ESPN Plus called Detail. It's a show that you're writing, you're producing, you're hosting. For those who don't know what that is, exactly what is the program? Well, if, if you're a basketball geek or a basketball nerd, this is uh, this is the show for you. <laughs> sure. So, so it's like you know, it, it's about how to break down film, and uh, you know, for this first episode, it was kind of a special. So we wanted to do somewhat of a playoff preview sort of thing, but I felt the best way to do a playoff preview for this particular show is to take the viewers back to the 2009 series against the Denver Nuggets we played in the Western Conference Finals, and show you how I studied that series from first game all the way through the six so you can see how adjustments are made and uh, I can show you exactly my process of how I studied film and prepared for the Denver Nuggets throughout the course of that series and so going forward um, you'll see uh, like the second episode um, I will be DeMar DeRozan right so DeMar you know after their first game in the series I will watch the game film as if I was him so if I was DeMar this is how I would be studying that game this is the things I would look at. These are the things I would watch for. So it's that level of, uh, of, uh, of insight. All right, so it's right in, right in time for the postseason. Now, you watch the game a very specific way. Obviously, you see the game a certain way. But who taught you to watch film the way you watch film? You know, I, like growing up, I was, um, 
I used to watch film. I used to watch the highlights, and I used to study highlights and see, you know, what made a move work, right? So, I, like, I'd watch Oscar Robinson take defenders down to the baseline, keep them on his back, and then turn and shoot over them. So then I'd go out and try it um, against, a, you know, you know, playing five-on-five five with friends at the park or whatever and get my shot swatted. And I'm like, okay, well, that didn't work, but so why did it work for him? So I go back and I watch, I rewind, I'd watch it again, I see his footwork, timing, or whatever, and I try it. So I start watching basketball at that level of detail at a really early age. And then when I came to the league, I was fortunate enough to have Phil Jackson, to have Tex Winter, and I've never seen anybody watch film the way Tex watches film. I mean, it's, it's, it's obsessive. I mean, every little thing uh, is noticed. And so um, that's who taught me. All right, so you know, you've got your own studio right now, and you're developing your own brand and your own content, but you also know, Kobe, how the world is. A world of molten lava, hot takes, clickbait. I mean, you know where I'm going with this. When yeah. you see all that crap, what do you make of that approach to content creation? Well, I just think it just depends on what your business model is. I mean, the business model in the media industry has become that, has become a world where media is so easily accessible that, you know, um, uh, media companies tend to think the best way to cut through the fat is to say things that are outlandish or to create debates or to have two people sitting on a panel who have uh, conflicting point of views and then argue over it or talk about who deserves to be MVP, who is the all-time great, and all of these things that really make no sense, right? Because it's, 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 it's eternally debatable. Um, so I try to stay away from that and just focus, not try it, I'm staying away from that and focusing on the game. It's about the craft. It's about looking in detail at things. And uh, I think that's what's most important. If you really want to cut through the clutter, the best way to do that is to give them something that they haven't seen before, which is this level of insight. Hmm. What about the approach then? I mean, you're known for your ferocity, your competitiveness, your savagery. Do you try to bring that same level of aggression to content creation, or does it require a totally different mindset and approach? You know, I'm fascinated by the process and the grind. How do you approach content then? Well, the, the way the competitiveness that you see when I was on the court, um, that, that savagery that I play with, that's, that's the end of the, the process, right? So what goes into the process is, is first starts with curiosity of, okay, how do I get better? And then it comes with putting that piece, those pieces of the puzzle together. And so then when you see, what you see when the lights come on is the end result of that. So looking at this creative process, it's exactly the same. It's curiosity, putting the puzzle together, and then you see the end result of that. Now, you know, in, in the arts, you're not in a, uh, a direct competition with anyone. Right. So from that standpoint, the savagery and that kind of, you know, that aggressiveness that you see on the court is not there. But the curiosity, the putting the puzzle together, it's all there and it gets us going. All right. So when you won your Oscar for Dear Basketball, you famously said, I feel better than winning a championship. I dreamed of winning a championship. I never dreamed of this. You know, as you get a little further away from this, do you still feel that way? Like, I know it's different, but was winning the Oscar really better than winning a championship? Well, yeah, because, you know, it's, it's like winning a championship, I expected to do that, right? So, like, going into Indiana, Shaq being hurt, um, me having to try to finish this game here at 21 years old, like, I dreamt of doing that. I felt comfortable. I felt confident that I could absolutely execute that, you know? Um, people might have doubted the fact if a 21-year-old could do that, but personally, I had full confidence that I could. Um, and writing their basketball and producing that film, I didn't know if I could do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like writing is something completely different. I'm not known to be a writer. 
uh, let alone be a producer on a project with Glenn Keane and John Williams, right? So I was unsure of myself, man. And, and, and when you take a leap of faith to that extent, uh, to, to be rewarded at the highest level of the industry for our first project out, it, it's, um, it's beyond comprehension, man. All right, so that said, would you trade the fifth ring for a second Oscar? See, this is where we get into debatable things. <laughs> I can't do I mean, they're, they're like my kids, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard to, to say that, even though I'm saying I enjoy the Oscar more. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's hard for me to say that. It, it's, it's tough because, like, without basketball, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, um, but at the same time, like, I, I love what I'm doing right now. Like, I absolutely love it. And that's not to take anything away from the game. I know that's caused a lot of debate from people. Well, how could he say that? There's no way. Do you think he means it? And all this other crazy stuff, right? It's like, dude, you know, I'm allowed to feel what the hell I feel, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. I don't think there's anything crazy about that at all. I, I totally get it. I guess, and plus, you've never been one to deal in hypotheticals. I'm just doing the math here, right? If you were to trade a fifth for a second Oscar, that would put you at four, and you and Shaq would be both <laughs> sitting on four. It, it, listen, Kobe, how badly did you want to win one without the big fella as you look oh, back? critical. Absolutely critical. Uh-huh. And l- listen, I didn't think I didn't think the criticism of that was fair, right? Because you know, Magic never won without Kareem. Uh, Michael never won without Scotty. But yet, the, the, there was the criticism of, okay, well, you know, Kobe can't win without Shaq. And whether it was fair or not, that was just, it is what it is at that point. You got to answer the bell. So it was really, really important for me to get that done. And uh, you know, and Shaq will be the first to tell you, I take great pleasure in reminding him of that. Yeah, right. And, and well, you should. I get that. Hey, listen, let's be honest about this. Nobody, nobody wins rings by themselves. Everybody needs help. Yeah. We understand that. Listen, yeah. it was amazing to see you guys come together the way you did recently. In fact, watching that conversation was really something. What was it like to be a part of that conversation? No, it was fun. It was fun. It was like uh, like old times. I mean, we've had our disagreements um, for sure. I mean, as you can see in the interview, really didn't pull any punches as it relates to that. Um, but after those, after those hard times, you know, we'd you know argue on a Monday and um, be laughing and joking on a Wednesday, and then you know some arguments lasted longer than others. But um, for the most part, you know, our relationship was great. You know, he's always been Uncle Shaq to my children and I to his, and. Um, so what you saw in that interview is, is really the way things were for the majority of the time that we played together and the way things have been consistently uh, since we left the game. Yeah, look, there's going to be arguments. There's going to be friction. You live with guys like that. You've got strong personalities. You've got multiple alphas. It's going to happen. However, you did t- tell the story recently that one day in practice, the two of you gave each other the hands. I mean, you oh, let yeah. them go. Gobes, what happened? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he was, he was calling me a, 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 a word that I really didn't – enjoy hearing during the scrimmage like we we're playing pickup pickup game pickup ball and uh i called him out on it and he just said well what are you going to do about it i said well, what are you going to do about it and then next thing you know we were you know trading blows um but i think at that point like everybody was kind of looking at me like i was just this crazy ass kid like who who the hell wants to fight this dude right <laughs> right i mean so hey listen you're on a podcast if you if you're not comfortable saying the word don't say the word but is it a word that you want to share like what did he say oh he called me a little bitch yeah I was like, oh, hold on. No, 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 no. We ain't going to be too many more of those. Yeah, no, that's probably a reason to go. I mean, yeah, you it, can't, you can't, that can't, you can't let that slide, bro. Because cause then from a reputation perspective, everybody's looking at you like you're soft, you're a pushover, and I don't care who you are. Like at that point, we're just going to have to go. No, there, there are certain universal reasons to go. You got to go. And yeah. hey, look, Kobe, you're not a small guy, but was there any point in the middle of that where you had that sensation like, shit, I can't reach this guy? 
No, 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 not at all. Not, once, once it's go time, it's go time. You know, you know, you've, you know, you cross the threshold, man. You know, you just got to go. And uh, well, no, I mean, you can, like you can't reach him. Like he's seven foot one. Like when you go yeah. to throw, did you? <laughs> I mean, how did that go? And plus, I've seen his act. He comes with that gigantic overhand right. He yeah. probably telegraphed that one, didn't he? Yeah, no, I slipped it. I okay. Slipped it. But, okay. Um, yeah, no, I, no, I could reach him. It, it just you know, it minimizes the impact uh, by the time it reaches him. No, I got it. I got it. You know, so that, that's an amazing story. You told that story. But la- this other thing that's come up lately, Master P said recently on a podcast that— Yeah, what is that? Okay, talk to me about that. He said he nearly got into a fight with you years ago at the Lakers Dude, facility. Is that true? What, I don't even know what the hell that is. I have no idea what he's talking about. So why do you think that guy would say something like I, that? I, I, hell if I know. I, I literally do not remember that. You know, I, you know, granted, I played for a very, very long time, and— um, there are certain things you might not remember. I mean, I just don't remember it. I mean, I don't know if it, you know, I'm not calling him a liar or anything like that. It's just that that'd be something tough to make up. But I just don't remember it. No, like literally, dude, you're not saying to me, I don't want to talk about that. What you're saying to me is, I don't remember that. No, I, don't I don't remember that happening. Happened. I mean, I, I, you know, I love to hear L.O. Maybe L.O. remembers it or something like that. But I, I just I don't even remember it. I hear you. I hear you. Hey, let me ask you something. I don't want to put you on the spot, but you're really good with dates. All right. So if I hit you with, with a date, see if you remember what this is. March 19th, 1999. March 19th, 1999. Does that have any kind of resonation with you? March 19th, 1999. You tell us an amazing story about how Allen Iverson put 41 on you that uh, night in Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I got to wonder, in, in your development, in your career arc, like what kind of an impact did that have on you? And then how did that affect your approach and everything you did going forward from that night? Well, that, that put him on my permanent radar. It was like, okay, no, this is it. Now he's... He is my obsession. I'm going to figure him out. Um, this is never happening again. I'm going to come to Philadelphia the next time, and you know this city is going to see what I'm, what I'm capable of doing. You know what I mean? It was just, it was just, you know, I kept the stat sheet, and it just, it just sat with me. And from that point forward, I mean, I just, I read everything about him. I watched every game he's ever played, going back to high school in Virginia, um, and I was like, I'm just going to figure him out. Dude, I mean, that's incredible. It's just one night, Kobe, like one night. And it wasn't like you went back and you looked at the tape. Like literally you looked for everything you could find on this guy and you obsessed and you read it and you just kept grinding and grinding and grinding until you got that next shot. February yeah. 20th, 2000, Phil Jackson puts you on him to start the second half. At that time, what did that challenge mean to you? Oh, let's go. I'm ready. Because I had studied him so much. And, and, and Phil was aware of it, so he didn't want me starting on him during the game. Because he was like, uh, we need Kobe to do other stuff, <laughs> right? If I put him on AI to start the game, he's just going to be completely locked in there. And, um, you know, he's not going to be conducting our offense the way he, he should be because he's going to be completely focused on stopping Allen. Um, in the second half, I mean, AI had about 16, I think, in the first half or something like that. And I was just like, that's it. I've had enough. So I just swear. I said, Rick, I got him. <laughs> so what happened in the second half when you were on him? They held him scoreless. Nothing. 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 All right. So when you, I mean, you did it. All the work paid off. Does that negate him dropping forty-one on you the year before? Uh, no, it doesn't. But you know, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat thankful of that because it, it helped me kick into another gear. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you have those moments where you know great players uh, bring the best out of you, and he certainly did that for me because he helped me find another gear of preparation. That's why I never, you know, going to playoff series and things like that or other players that I'd have to face, be it Tracy McGrady or Vince Carter or, you know, in today's game, be it Steph Curry or, or Brian or Kate or whoever. Um, 
I know the level of preparation and the level of detail that I'm willing to get into to figure a player out. And, you know, that gives me ultimate confidence. Well, and the price you were willing to pay, Kobe, I mean, your threshold for pain was always off the charts. When you snapped your Achilles, and it's one of the most devastating injuries that any athlete could ever suffer, you made sure to shoot your free throws first, and you were going to walk off the court on your own power. You were not going to let anybody wheel you out of there. Why was that so important to you at that time? Well, I, I didn't think of it that way, hmm. you know. I was just like, okay, well, I still have to shoot free throws. It, it wasn't a thought process of, okay, I can't shoot these. It was like, no, we need to, we need these free throws, and I can shoot them, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot them. So I wasn't thinking like, okay, maybe I should come out. No, I, was like, I still got to finish this job. You know, I got to do this thing. And then when I was walking, I, I was trying to figure out how I could finish the game. So, like, I, I'm, I, it wasn't like I was trying to walk from here to there. It was more like I'm taking – this step here to try to figure out how I could get around the way it's feeling right now. You know, I can put pressure on my heel. I can't go up on my toe because there's just no, there's nothing there to, to, to support. Right. Um, but I could, I, if I sit on my heel and just keep every step on my heel, then I might be able to get through this. And, uh, and so that's what that was. I was just trying, I was trying to figure, figure the injury out. I, I mean, I get that, but there, there still had to be, you weren't going to let anybody wheel you off the floor. I mean, maybe you you were just trying to take the next step to stay in the game and finish what you started. I get that. But they weren't. you were not going to let anybody wheel you off the floor, and I feel pretty strongly about that. So when you see Paul Pierce getting <laughs> dude, wheeled off the floor in an NBA Finals game, what are you thinking? I'm thinking, man, he must be really, really hurt. Or dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, um, maybe chalk it up to the fact that I've been through a lot of injuries before or I'm just stubborn or whatever the case may be. But I don't, I don't really, you know, those injuries, they don't really freak me out too much. It just is what it is. And so I think a lot of players, there's a certain shock that comes along with injuries and their imagination runs wild and lets them, makes them think that it's worse than what it actually is, hence the, you know, the wheelchair and things like that or being carried off or whatever. Fair enough. All right, so hence the wheelchair. But then, all right, so fine. They wheel him off. It is what it is. What do you think that when he comes back on the floor on that same night, that same game, after being wheeled off? <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, man, he's on some Willis Reed shit right now. So we <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Here comes the crowd getting all into this type of shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, here we go. Some Willis Reed shit right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Kobe, think about your, before you go, the, the content thing. You've always been a storyteller. You could always tell an amazing story. Your teammates tell this amazing story a couple of years back in the Players' Tribune about you and J.R. Ryder. Now, Ryder... Dude, this is a different cat. This guy was unbelievable. I used to watch him at UNLV. He was a straight baller. This dude was explosive, but he was a trip now. What was he like when he first got to the Lakers, and what was that epic one-on-one like that you had with him in practice that day? Well, I mean, he was always great with us, um, to be honest. And I think, like, that moment, um, I think just that day, I think things had kind of been wearing on him a little bit because Phil wasn't playing him as much as, you know, as JR wanted to play. Um, and, um, you know, I was just starting to kind of rise to a level where people were thinking I was one of the best, if not the best all-around player in the game and all sorts of stuff, and we were matched up in practice, and he felt like he could talk trash, like, hey, you know, when you were 18, blah, 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 I used to, Portland used to come in, we used to do this, that, and the other. I said, well, I'm not 18 anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 could, I could still do this. I could still do that. I said, you know what? Show me. Show me. And so, like, Phil's watching this stuff, and Ryan, you know, they, they start hyping it up. So all the players, Phil just tells everybody to get the hell off the court. 
And uh, like he uh, loved that I, shit, right? Phil loved that shit. Oh, he lo- he loved it. He loved it. And I just wanted to you know, listen. You may be a great player, but you know, <laughs> I'm a little better. And I just wanted to put him in his place and, and just you know show him what you know how devastating I could be. And uh, I think I used to tell him, I said, listen, man, don't get the don't let this triangle offense fool you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I got a pass and cut and screen down and all sort of stuff, bro. But right here, ain't nobody in the post behind you, dog. <laughs> it's just me and you, man. So, so how did that go? Exactly how did that go down? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I just destroyed him. I mean, that one on one is what I do, man. That is what you do. So I wonder, like, that's a guy that you knew you were going to need at some point. Any concerned? And that—that's how that went. You did destroy him. No, all your teammates no zero, that. man. Listen, if somebody's going to talk trash, you—you know—you got that's. You know, they ask for it, right? So you got to give it to them. And for me, it's a direct competition. I'm just going to, you know, you need to understand that I'm not 18 anymore. And, you know, I'm here to show you what's what. And I, I, I enjoyed that challenge. No, dude, I bet. You got to go. But any concern that you snatch a cat's soul that you may need later in that year? I mean, you needed him that year. Well, the reality is if he can't bring himself back, he won't be in a game in the fourth quarter of a finals game anyway. Hmm. You know I see it. Yeah, oh yeah. No, I get so, it. Yeah, we've had plenty of players. We have some players that we've lost because of that. Um, and not just with me, but Shaq, too. I mean, he used to devastate guys in practice, too, once he got going. And generally, the guys that respond to that challenge and don't back down, even if you're demolishing them, they keep trying to keep fighting and keep playing, trying to figure things out the next day in practice. Those are the guys you win championships with, honestly. And it's really easy for us to figure out who we have and what we don't have by doing that in practice. And you battle test them as well. So you got to put guys through that ringer. Hmm. Kobe, you look back on your career. Like, who are, give me a couple of guys, and I'm always fascinated by this. I mean, you, you, Mike, the best of the best are not easy to play with because you guys are so demanding of yourselves. It's natural to demand similar things from guys around you, even if they can't pay the ultimate price. As you look back, give me a couple of teammates that you respected most of all that were willing to do the things that you were willing to do. Um, man, you go down at our 09 team, yeah. our 2010 team, and literally pick every single guy from that roster. Wow. Um, that 09 team was really special. It was the most fun I ever had playing basketball in my entire life. I was just a special, a special group. Um, you know, we had all had special bonds. Like I've never been on a team where literally everyone um, um, liked each other and respected each other to the point where we could be brutally honest with each other, argue about it, and not feel personal about it. And it was, it was. All those guys on that team, man, from from one all the way down to uh, uh, to, to fourteen, fifteen, it was it was beautiful. That is that is something. So, if you were a betting man, where do you think LeBron ends up next year? If you were a betting man, uh, well, I'm not a betting man, so I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, man, I don't know what the hell he's going to do. This is like. Um, when he was first in Cleveland, I thought he stayed in Cleveland, then he ended up in Miami. And then I thought for sure he stayed in Miami, then he ended up back in Cleveland. So um, I, I don't know. Are the Lakers the best landing spot for him? Well, you know, from, from my perspective, if I was a player, I'd always look at management, right? Even, you know, um, not just at the roster as it's currently assembled, uh, because you can have a good roster and a bad GM can fuck that up. Um, so you have to look at the current roster, the talent, but then look at the front office and see what their track record is in decision making, and uh, and, uh, and and bet on that. So that being said, I've known Rob for a really, really long time. Obviously, Magic, 
Um, and, uh, you know, he's not, he's not going to mess this up, man. He's going to make right decisions. He's going to build a championship team. And so you got you to gotta look at the front office as well. Got it. Listen, before I let you go, how about this? In an effort to better yourself, I know you actually cold call people who interest you, maybe people you admire. I mean, you just up and lob them a telephone call. Who was the last guy that you cold called like that? Last guy that I cold called, uh, Jordan Peele. Hmm. How'd that go? Jordan Peele. It was awesome. We talked on the phone for about an hour, hour and some change. And um, it was wonderful, man. Talked about, you know, the screenwriting process, uh, about the media company that he's currently building um, and how he goes about doing it. And, um, you know, we just, we just, you know, we just talk. How about that movie, Get Out? What'd you think about that? Oh, it's incredible. I mean, the writing is just sensational, man. Um, and the amount of preparation, and now knowing the amount of preparation, the level of detail that he put in every single scene that goes unseen to the eye of the viewer. Um, but at a certain level, you know, he believes that subconsciously the viewer can pick up on, on the level of detail that he put into each scene, on things that are just appearing in the background. He believes that a viewer can feel that, you know, at a subconscious level. Um, but what an amazing film. God, dude, you are so immersed. You are fully immersed in the process. Oh, yeah. Give me a book. You, I know you like to talk to guys about book lists. What have you read lately that you really liked that resonated with you? Um, Children of Blood and Bone. It is absolutely sensational. A young writer named Tommy is her first novel. Uh, it's a YA novel, but it is absolutely brilliantly written. Um, so you know, I highly recommend that. And for me, it's hard. Like I, you know, it's books. 800 pages or so, and I was able to blow through that in like a day, man. It's just absolutely incredible. <laughs> Dude, I'm not surprised. So the brand new show for ESPN is called Detail, and Kobe Bryant is writing it, producing it, hosting it. For those who don't know, Kobe, how do they get that app? How do they find that show? Well, you can go on uh, ESPN platform, and you'll see um, uh, the ESP, ESPN Plus tab, and uh, click on that ESPN Plus, uh, join that program, and then click on the show Detail and check it out, man. Dude, it is so good to get caught up with you, Kobe. It's been a minute or two, but great to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much. You sound amazing, and it's so good to get caught up. I appreciate you. Appreciate it, my man. We got we got to hang out in the OC, bro. Anytime, man. You tell me when and where to be, and I'll be there. You know that. My man. You know what? Let's be real for a minute. How much tougher is your day if you don't sleep well the night before? And then why wouldn't you sleep well the night before? Maybe because you or somebody next to you is snoring. I get this. I understand this. How do I know? Because I've seen your emails and your tweets. I've heard your phone calls. I know when you're not getting enough sleep, it's reflected in your content. Somebody is snoring. And that's all about to change. It's all about to change thanks to the revolutionary Zipa device. Zipa is a game changer. You see, if you snore, you're not sleeping. If you're not sleeping, you're not succeeding. If you want success, you've got to be at your very best. Zipa is the solution. Zipa will help you get that great night of sleep so you feel incredible the next morning. Zipa is the only snoring solution of its kind. So if you snore or you know somebody who snores, make sure you get a Zipa. I want you to go to ZYPPAH.com. Easy to remember because Zipa is spelled happy Z backwards. Once again, ZYPPAH. Zipa. Get the great night of sleep that you both need and deserve. Get a Zipa. Solid, right? Kobe freaking Bryant if you need him. Now, I know there's somebody someplace that you know that would love to hear Kobe tell those stories. So do me a favor. Tell them about the podcast. And while you're here, 
If you're not already subscribed, can you just hit that button on your way out? It is very much appreciated. And remember, my daily radio program is now a daily TV show. So if you can't find it in your car, check out CBS Sports Network and watch The Jungle. I'm on every day live, 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific, DirecTV Channel 221, Dish Channel 158, or check your local listings at cbssportsnetwork.com. I love the feedback. Keep it all coming. Let me know what you thought of this week's episode. Hit me up at Jim Rome. Be sure you tag Kobe in it as well. He's at Kobe Bryant on Twitter. Thanks again for checking out the pod. Now, let me go run down another great guest, and I will check you right back here next week. Until then, I am out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.